0: Hee <laughs> hee Okay, welcome everyone to the very first episode of Terrifying Tomes of Terror. With me today, I've got Clay McLeod Chapman, author of such amazing books as The Remaking, <laughs> Whisper Down the Lane, and, uh, well, I've got the, e- <laughs> the e-arc of uh, Ghost Eaters here somewhere. It's, uh, it's-
1: it's in there somewhere. It's
0: in here somewhere. I think I still have it pulled up. Yeah, I've got it pulled up for the cover. <laughs> Go, Steers!
1: Oh, look at that! Look at that!
0: Ready and ready and able. Uh, oh. Clay, thank you so much for being here with me tonight.
1: Hey, honestly, thank you. It's amazing. I really appreciate it. Uh, you're making me feel very special, so I feel <laughs> very, very happy. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm excited
0: good good uh yeah um i i like a uh clay and i were briefly talking before we started recording um i originally discovered them through whisper down the lane um their novel they published last year correct yeah uh april 2021
1: good yeah 2022 it is insane how <laughs> time
0: is completely relative at the moment oh yeah it doesn't matter anymore uh Post-pandemic, yeah. time has no meaning. It's just yeah. n- random numbers that we are arbitrarily assigning meaning to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I discovered through Whisper Down the Lane, uh, listened to the Audible version of that, enjoyed the hell out of it, uh, and then uh, found the ARC uh, for Ghost Eaters, uh, which uh, we will talk about in September in depth when the book actually releases, get that promo. Uh <laughs> But, you're such a tease. You're gonna
1: you're gonna not talk about it tonight, just so that people will have to read it, so that we can talk about it. Exactly.
0: And, exactly. And- we, we we'll touch on it tonight because there's no way that I'm sitting here with you and I don't talk ghost eaters. But uh, the the full episode we'll do in September uh, to promote the release of it, and I am so excited that cover is gorgeous, and yeah. everyone needs to get haunted.
1: Oh man. Okay. I know we're here to talk about other things, uh, (laughs) but like, it's amazing. Like, you know, ghost eaters is so fresh right now. I have no idea. Like I'm still at that, that kind of place where I don't know what the world is going to do with it. What they're going to think about it, what they're going to, you know, like it's, it's a very, like the baby is still, like we're still <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> I'm still breathing. I'm still you know. Still <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I just I don't know. Like it's uh talking to anyone about that book now is exhilarating, terrifying. Uh, I, I just I just don't have the the vocabulary yet to articulate that book uh so any anyone who says like hey
0: everything you just said is how i felt after i read it (laughs) 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 It was that this this, that's mutual i read it in a single sitting i couldn't put it down i just blew through it oh my god like i I stopped at one point and and tweeted you the whole uh thing about my friend sharing the same name and kind of that that whole uh bit there um, and then I got right back into it and just tore it up. Uh, oh. man, like the imagery, um, you're very good at that. And I also very much like how you, uh, you use inner monologue for characters a lot. And, um, it even comes across really well in the audible editions, uh, where it's like the repeating dialogue that you use, um, like want to play with me. Uh, in particular in the remaking, where that repeats like a dozen times. That is uh, so effective. Uh, yeah, well, I really like that.
1: I, I, I am relieved to hear that you're on that side of the fence. <laughs> uh, a lot of, I, I get the sense that a lot of folks who read the remaking or listen to the remaking uh, do not appreciate the repetitious nature, the cyclical nature of the text. Um, oh no, I, I
0: that that's that's the whole like it fits the theme of the remaking, and you're repeating the phrase because it has to be told. Like it, to me, it all just clicked, and I was like, yeah, 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 I get this.
1: Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's so funny. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I feel like I maybe have read a few too many Goodreads reviews for my own <laughs> sense of well-being and self-worth, but like. You know, it's, it's, you know, I, I'm jumping all over the place. Forgive me. No,
0: but please, (laughs) like I said, this is a loosey goosey kind (laughs) of situation that we're here to talk books, talk whichever you want. And if we seg off in the weird horror related or tangentially related stuff, let's do it.
1: Yeah, Damn, was great. Darn tootin'. (laughs) I, uh, when I, when I wrote, I mean, like it was a very conscious effort to have that repetitious, very, very kind of like, you know, sparse but but cyclical kind of text and it's all because of this movie like the remaking to me is really just fanfic for this one movie that i love and adore called um let's scare jessica to death
0: have you ever heard
1: of this movie seen this movie
0: i i don't i don't think that's one that is that i've come across before but i am i am into the idea
1: oh my god please 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 if, if if you know if anything, I think it will either enhance, enrich, or just kind of make make the reading experience of the remaking <laughs> a lot more.
0: Uh, I mean, I, I definitely had like the you know don't spit on my grave and 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 yeah. that type of, of exploitation era of uh, yeah. horror film in mind when, yeah. when especially in the in the seventies segment with the don't tread on Dashiko's grave. Uh, um, I definitely would catch (laughs) him. Totally, totally.
1: Like, I mean, yeah, that was like an utter like. Let's just name drop and be, you know, kind of kind of goofy about it. But, um, yeah, let's scare Jessica to death. John Hancock. I'm. I'm gonna. It's been so long since I've talked about this movie, so I'm gonna get every all the information wrong. And anyone who listens to this is gonna be like, oh, that's not. That's not the director. <laughs> John Hancock. He, uh, he directed Prancer. Um, oh. <laughs> and and uh, other movie. Like, he, he was all over the place. But in 1974, he did Let's Scare Jessica to Death. And it is, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is an amazing... It is, it is one of my favorite movies. If you If you just Google the old like poster art yeah it is it is astounding oh my god like i remember i like vividly remember uh being in a hollywood video walking down the aisle and seeing the the vhs cassette cover mm-hmm. for let's scare jessica to death and just being like this is i want this movie I'm gonna run it tonight <laughs> it, it 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 was that was all it took like i it is a gorgeous, lush, just but fragile, very delicate, kind of like supernatural ghost story, maybe vampire story, maybe psychological is it all in their head kind of story um but the way and this is, brings it back to the point um the whole. the 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 kind of notion is there's this woman named jessica uh she's married she had a nervous breakdown and was institutionalized for a period of time uh she's now released uh goes back to her husband the two of them and one of their friends go to move into this this kind of beautiful bucolic uh farmhouse in connecticut and um it's like small town and uh you know, there is a presence like a woman who is kind of squatting in this farmhouse that they, they kind of stumble upon. And it, it's, it's, you know, finding out who this woman is and Jessica, you know, Jessica kind of like teeters along this line of like, you know, am I, am I still going insane or is this really, um, is this, this woman, a, a monster vampire ghost thing, succubus, um, but like the entire duration of the, um, the movie is done. Like there's this kind of ongoing, like voiceover in, in Jessica's head. And it is, oh my God, like, you, you know, no, i there's no way I'm going to be able to describe it and <laughs> give it justice, but like, it is so beautiful because like it, it does this repetitious thing kind of like, Jessica, Jessica like you know Mm -hmm. like repeat like lines of dialogue that are repeated like that are said by the actors are are kind of like just regurgitated and recycled in in the voiceover in this this kind of beautiful echo effect way and it's it's like for me it was profoundly effective affecting and uh i was like (laughs) i want to write a novel that does that yeah um and uh Apparently people, uh, I don't think they...
0: are. are, think are like... They have very mixed opinions <laughs> on it. No, I mean, and you do the, the same thing to great effect in um, Ghost Eaters, in my opinion. Where it's like, yeah. Silas says, Silas uh. says... Like and and you kind of do those repeating moments of that as well in Ghost Eaters, and I I also very much liked that. Uh, In fact, because I read Ghost Eaters,
1: this is you 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 are basically exposing my my lack of (laughs) expansive talent. It's basically I just do the same thing.
0: A a book sale, like I I hand sold um, a whisper down the lane to a guy yesterday. Thank you. <laughs>
1: You're welcome. 10% straight to you, man. Oh,
0: right. yeah. There we go. Yeah. That That's the deal, right? <laughs> no, but I did. I, I was like, you know, it's the McMartin preschool trial. It's kind of based off that. It's part true crime, part horror. You know, he yeah. tries to run away from his past, but then one day the past shows up on his doorstep, and they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's read that. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Read that.
1: Who was that guy?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll read that. one. That's, that's <laughs> okay. It sounds like this like big burly
1: like <laughs> truck, truck driver came and was like, "I'm."
0: Looking Again, for I'm in Southern truck. Kentucky, so you're probably not far off. That's...
1: <laughs> oh man, um, you know it's funny. Like I always had, I always said to myself, like if I could be, <laughs> if I could be the Tom Waits of horror, or if I could be the Nick Cave of horror, where it's just like, you know, you know what a Nick Cave song sounds like. Mm -hmm. And you love, like, if you love Nick Cave, it's because Nick Cave is being Nick Cave. And if it's Tom Waits, I mean, I know there's like a pre Tom Waits and a post Tom Waits, but like (laughs) you listen to Tom Waits to listen to Tom Waits. It's like, you you want the things, the elements that make a Tom Waits song, a Tom Waits song. And you know, I I guess like I've always been kind of blown away I've been very very impressed by the notion of authors who can shed their own authorial skin to completely inhabit uh different like different characters different stories like you, you know like almost shed the 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 identity of the book that came before the next novel or whatever because you know, when, for, for me, uh, there is this, this vibe of like, I, I'm just telling the stories the way that I want to tell them. And, uh, it, it, I, I would imagine a close read or like a, a chronological read might expose the kind of seam work a little bit more and be like, this guy's just writing the same damn. (laughs)
0: Um, so with, uh, like I said, I discovered it with Whisper and then I read Ghost Theater. So I just finished the remaking like two days ago. <laughs> uh, so that's why I decided that's why I was like, this is what we want to talk about tonight because it's very fresh in my mind. Awesome. Um, also with my new bookmarks,
1: mm, that's a sweet bookmark.
0: I love it. It's 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 kind of spiky though. I had it sitting over here at the edge of my desk and I put my elbow down, and that was not a pleasant moment. <laughs> um But, uh, I mean, number one, like we've talked about on Twitter, I love, love, love your narration for the opening, the initial telling of the story of Ella Louise and Jessica. Uh, What... I mean, it's not very often that I I see an author actually doing narration... Drop the bookmark. uh, Doing narration uh, in their own audiobook. So... What was it about the remaking and that particular telling with the, with the voice, like what, what led to that? You know, it's,
1: it's funny. And I mean, it's okay. It's interesting. I, my first book was a collection of short stories called rest area. And, you know, it, it kind of came and went, um, but they did an audio book for it and they let me, do the narration for it, which was totally awesome, but it was just me. And it was like eight hours of just, you know, reading these stories. And, uh, I, I think it was just too much. It was kind of like tang without the water, you know? Mm. Um, but, uh, when it came to remaking, it was the first kind of time where there was like an, uh, okay, here's the story. I'm going to tell <laughs> the story. Do,
0: do we have time? Can We, I tell we have all the time in the world.
1: <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, the remaking Quirk Books, which is amazing. They have yes. given me uh, so much support, and I I feel like I owe them everything. And
0: they have the best covers in the business, in the my best, opinion. The best covers,
1: I uh, hands down. Um, they they brought me on for the remaking, and it was they were extremely supportive about it. And they were like, they like, you know, there was it was one of those e it was either A L A or b e a it was like i think it was like book expo Mm. of america um and quirk quirk threw this like summer party because this was like july and the book came out in october and um the the, quirk wanted to have like a presence like they had a table at at this this expo for books and uh they were like oh we're gonna throw you a party and like invite all these like tastemakers and like do this thing you know like like very kind of like, you know, shishy New York-y kind of like <laughs> rah, 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 kind of party uh, at a bar, like a hip, trendy bar in, in like lower Manhattan. And um, they were like, oh, we'll give out arcs to all these tastemakers and journalists. And um, and so they'll, they'll have copies of the book. And you can do a reading from the book to like entice them to like, you know, learn, like read the book. And right talk about the book or do do whatever with the book. Um cuz this was kind of like my <laughs> it was my quirk unveiling. It was my quirk <laughs> basically. Um and uh first off it like there was like a massive
0: typhoon. Quirk era Quir- oh.
1: <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing. <laughs> you should be you should have a job in PR
0: my uh hey, hey you know someone you know how to get in contact with me now so you know that's true it's true I'm happy being a bookseller but you know yeah, there's, there's I mean
1: you you're selling more books than I am right now so <laughs> like, I think this is amazing um but yeah the, the event was on this like night where it just like completely typhooned so like anybody who wanted to go was just deluged in rain mm-hmm. so like there was like, it became a very intimate.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and I was like, I was like, this is my quirks and, and like, I'm already like, <laughs> like, oh, like there's nobody here. I was like very nervous. And like, um, but like, I was like, I'm going to wow. them with the reading. There's maybe like 20, 30 people there. Um, very small gathering, intimate gathering, more, more people than of them, than there were of me. So I was at least happy about that. Um, but I did this reading and I read from the beginning of the book, I read maybe like the first 15, 20 minutes of it. And as, as it's like, and like very spirited, very, like I, I come from this theatrical background. I'm a bit of a ham. So whenever, whenever I do these live events, like it becomes, it, it kind of becomes a show. Um, but as I'm reading someone in the audience, <laughs> faints. Like, <laughs> like, like, like. I'm reading, and it's getting to like the witch, witchy Bernie part. Like, yeah. the, like, are getting kind of like not so happy. Little, little, like the the more the more vivid prose was mm-hmm. starting to bubble up.
0: Like oh and like so when Jessica runs and clutches her mother yeah yeah and, yeah. and like the the, the ribcage is one smaller like than the, the other yeah
1: yeah like the hair burning right like,
0: like, yeah the, yeah
1: the, the, that stuff it's it's and good
0: I I I like the imagery um yeah yeah
1: I mean I'm a fan <laughs> um but I'm reading it and then all of a sudden there's this like <laughs> boom, boom. and all of a sudden like there are people in the crowd gasping they're like oh like it was like it was like oh and 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 like the whole thing just stops and like the crowd basically kind of turns away from me and like leans in and there's this 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 poor (laughs) this poor like sales agent book like person (laughs) has like passed out (laughs) and it was like i mean it was it was the best experience and the worst experience. Like, it, like, like there's the part of me that was like, I just made somebody faint. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Like, that's I mean, a badge of honor, like,
0: in my opinion.
1: I mean, yeah. But at the time it was like, oh my God, what has happened? And it was it was terrifying. And like he gets up and he's like, everybody's like fanning him, like they're giving him water. And he's <sighs> kind of like, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm a, I'm okay. What happened? Um, but that night, the the licensing. Like the, the person responsible for like who sells the right. rights to audiobooks and foreign rights, like the, the the rights person, that's not the name, but the person who does the deals with the rights. Yeah. Uh came up to me afterwards and she was like, dude, you just made somebody pass out. <laughs> you should narrate the audiobook. And and I was kind of like, hmm, that sounds like a lovely idea. Um, which is a long winded way of saying, uh, I got to read, that was my audition to uh, read the first part of the audiobook.
0: And, and the, 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 the accents, like, a, like I said before, I, it was so good. The way that it's like, and they came for Ella, Louise, and Jessica. Like yeah. this, that, I love that particular Southern twang yeah it's very it's a very specific one and i i appreciate it greatly
1: could could you root it like could you say oh that's that's texas or that's virginia that's that's like i mean i know the book takes place in virginia but like right to
0: to, to me to my ear it was more of what i would associate with like georgia oh wow but uh and that's that's to my ear, and I I also have not been down to Georgia in some time. So that is the Savannah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Savannah dialect going right there. Yeah, <laughs> that that whole I mean just that whole region down there with the you know South Carolina uh, up on the coast. Like there's a lot of it goes it very upper. <laughs> I
1: feel like it's I'm getting I'm like hewing closely to uh, Kevin Space in uh midnight in the garden of good and evil <laughs> that was him right like just the like like the southern gentility is i mean he all, i mean that
0: was also a, a, his house of cards character talked like that like yeah super i mean i, I don't want to say like foghorn leghorn but you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> well I, I
1: dare say i do know what you're talking about there sir yeah. You are referencing my dialect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, so I really liked there there's a lot about the remaking that I, I, w- I was really happy with. I, I liked your uh your view of an of an actor's uh perspective of a convention. Um, yeah. as someone who goes to a lot of conventions. Uh yeah. I, I yeah. thought that was really funny. Uh because it's true. I mean there's there's a lot of them that are you know, convention goers that are not pleasant to be around. Um, there's those of yeah. us that are just super happy to be there and want to meet you and get your autograph and we yeah. bathe. Um, and then there's a lot of them that don't. I, I mean, in, in the
1: defense of fandom and conventions, I will say that a lot of that is filtered through the perspective of an, a character who has undergone Massive trauma. Oh, right. Well, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Amber,
0: Amber specifically, is is understandably not into it. (laughs) uh, She managed to survive, but then, in in, my opinion, lived like kind of like a half life that you know was never going to be fulfilling because it was always for one purpose only. From that point on, like from the moment that they pulled her out of the grave to to the end of her life it was all just to tell that story yeah. Um, and i loved that i love i mean again i love the you jump into, between the time frames um i even talked about uh or thought about how like the technology um progresses you know they're shooting it on uh 16 millimeter <laughs> and then they're shooting it on uh you know they got the handycam digitals in the 90s yeah. and then you know we got the podcaster in twenty sixteen. Um, how the technology evolves, but the fact remains that the story is going to be told. Um, the song
1: remains the same.
0: I, I, I I think that's, uh, I, I like stuff that has that kind of cyclical nature to it. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite book series ever is the dark tower by Stephen King. Um yeah. And I'm one that I, I mean, I think the ending of the dark tower is brilliant. Yeah. Uh the 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 balls to have the <laughs> very last <laughs> the very One last two. sentence like, it's so good like <laughs> i'm yeah uh, but i love that just okay here we go again yeah um and and with this like and you could see it playing out like there was um what did i write down uh you as the narrator at the beginning you also had uh, you you ask the guy for a bottle because you got to wet your whistle because Jessica's story is long. Uh, but then at the same thing, uh, when Nate uh, goes to that diner and there's still the you know guy who looks to be a hundred years old, he will only talk if you give him a bottle. And yeah, I I really liked that. Uh, just kind of bookending there uh, from the the very first act to the very last act that you still have that continuity. Um, totally,
1: totally. I mean, like, yeah, I, I wanted that narrative to kind of fold in on itself and like, you know, the remaking, I feel a real kind of tender affection for, I, I, I personally love the experience of writing that book. I love the, uh, like it was a book about ideas. Like I had a lot of ideas and I just crammed them all into that book. And like, I wanted to talk about storytelling and the oral tradition and the like, mm-hmm. like what goes into a ghost story. And like, you know uh, I wanted to talk about my own personal sense of fandom. And I wanted to talk about motherhood. and I wanted to talk about ghosts. Like, like I, I like it, it, like, you know, the whether or not the remaking as a whole works i do feel like it is a book that uh has goals and ambitions
0: and heart Hmm. i think it has a lot of heart i i agree with that uh i love love that book yeah it's it's um i said read it for read it for the first time only time finished a couple days ago but uh I, I used to work in film briefly um, so also like you're the way that you're talking about the set working and you know, uh you know the PAs are annoyed and stuff like that like all of that rang so true uh, yeah. to someone who's been on film sets before uh, but yeah it, 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 it's always something I find in your books is that the setting I immediately am able to place myself in it and and see the layout I, I'm a very visual reader so yeah. I'm not seeing words on a page. I'm seeing a movie in in my head, brain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is like, I mean, Ghost Eaters. Like that said, like I I shared that uh, piece on Twitter the other day where it was like the abandoned mansion with the the uh, gravestones, and I'm like much nicer than the Arrested Development thing that I was thinking of because I was yeah. picturing like this, you know, neighborhood that wasn't ever, ever really finished and it's just kind of ramshackled and that's where they were they were right there at the end of the cul-de-sac and that's where they were yeah. slinging their drugs uh slinging their <laughs> their ghost oh
1: man yeah yeah it's it's you know I, the with the remaking in particular um you know because it's broken down into these these kind of quadrants mm-hmm. um it it allowed for, I guess, a more kind of impressionistic look at setting. Yeah. Um, so, and, and you know, much like, you know, I, I guess I'm thinking of uh, what was the, uh, the player, um, the film, the player uh, with Tim Robbins, um, you know, like just trying to like think about, you know, there are movies about movies, this is a book about movies, but more importantly, it's a book about storytelling. So it's a story about stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I, I have been very fortunate to write for film and, and have found my way to sets, uh, you know, on, on a few occasions and oh, kind of... Of... That,
0: that, that can be a dangerous thing. Having the writer on set.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, or, you know, or the job is just my, 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 <laughs> For for better or for worse, the, the the kind of film sets I've been a part of, it's like, can you hold that? Can you uh?
0: You know? <laughs> yeah, you're just the an honorary grip. <laughs> can
1: you be the BA? Um, no, that's not true. But I mean, like, it, like, but it
0: kind of is. It kind of is. Well,
1: I, I mean, in all honesty in, in all sincerity, what I'm trying to say is that like the film sets, the films that I've been that I've had some hand in, for the most part, majoritively speaking they have been passion projects by either the director or the, the, the entire. Right. Like, like there's like a we like an all hands on deck because we want to make a great movie. We want to tell a great story. Um, So that I've been fortunate that like we, we have no money, but we can, we have this opportunity. So let's.
0: Yeah. No, I mean that most, everything that I worked on was guerrilla budget, you know, just. What we can do? I mean, I worked with some some people that actually went on to be stars, which is really awesome. Nice. Um, like Stephen Yeun uh, from uh, yeah. Long and Dead. Yeah, he was in a nice. uh, movie that I worked on um, before that. And yeah, you can't
1: just name drop a name like that and not tell us the name of the movie.
0: <laughs> it's called My Name Is Jerry. Yeah, uh, it was filmed in Muncie, Indiana. Doug Jones was the star, um, uh-huh. and then we also had. Um, Allison Scalioti, Caitlin Carlson, um, Stephen. Um, oh, I'm blanking. I, I can't remember her name. The mom from Seven Seventh Heaven.
1: I would never be able to give her. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, and but
0: then, gonna, I, and then I'm again. I'm blanking on the name, and I'm embarrassed about it. But um, Bob from that seventy show. Um I'm not gonna be able to give you that one either. God, did I ever watch
1: that semi Show? Um
0: you should. It's pretty good. What? Is that the dad? <laughs> it's uh the neighbor dad. It's Donna's dad. Yeah, I can't do that one. I don't know. It it's irrelevant. But uh yeah, it's people. It was cool. <laughs> um Um Making movies. Yeah. I mean it was it was a fun time. I, I just uh I don't know. And it, it just ended up not being for me. To to be on sets all the time. I just, it's not what I wanted to do. So then I went and served tables for 20 years because that's what I wanted to do, apparently. But it's fine. I'm not doing that anymore.
1: (laughs) But now you're spreading the gospel, my friend. You are. I guess so.
0: I I feel like you are single
1: handedly uh, letting people know that I exist.
0: So (laughs) I feel like. That's not true. Come on now. You got to give yourself more credit than that. Now, granted, Like I said, uh, anything that says ghost eaters, I'm going to retweet it. That's just going to happen. I feel obligated because, seriously, and that's not just the best book I've read this year. It's probably the best book I've read in the last year or so.
1: Jesus. I I mean, I'm not going to, I can't argue (laughs) with you saying that, but it just feels very surreal it just feels surreal yeah i mean it
0: just it just did something for me that others hadn't man i don't i mean that you know i don't know how to quantify it other than that but i thank god
1: like thank goodness you know because like you know it, it will it will be one of those things where like you know like this is this is the hopeful period like there is that that moment before the book is out where all of a sudden it's just like you're full of hope
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like... which is which is kind of funny, considering what this book is. Uh, <laughs> there's very little hope in this book.
1: <laughs> I, I guess yes, that could be true.
0: Uh, but it's a thriller. It's a thrilling book. Uh, that oh. that is absolutely true. hundred <laughs> percent again, oh, okay. uh, scintillating. I could not put it down. Read it, but it like in the single single go. <laughs> but there is just that moment where
1: like you could you, you start, or I guess I should say, I start to imagine the possibilities of the book and what people will, how the book will be taken, like how, like, you know, and, and I want to, I want to tread carefully about talking about success versus not success. What, what, what connotates success? But like, until until like the sales tallies come in, or the reviews come in, or the the Goodreads <laughs> rating average comes in, like settles into its its place. Like, you know, everything is just possible. <laughs> like it just feels like like this is the like like this could be. Like this could be the one, or or not I even
0: mean, the one. It's not like "Whisper Down the Lane" was a was a sleeper, man. Like I I've sold quite a few copies of that.
1: Well, we've already established that you are an exceptional case. my friend. <laughs> I
0: mean, that's true, but okay. So let me let me phrase it like this: um, Grady Hendrix's Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires,
1: mm-hmm.
0: one of my absolute favorite reads of twenty twenty. Yeah. I have hand sold well over a hundred of those. Uh Uh-huh. Because I liked it. It's a book that I very much enjoyed. And if it's something I'm passionate about, I can sell it to anybody. Yeah. So those numbers, but ghost eaters (laughs) in September. (laughs) Like I'm gonna people walk in the door, I'm gonna be like, Wanna get haunted? Wanna get haunted? So, now, what I need to do
1: is find 10,000 more of you, clone you, mm-hmm. send you out to all the other barns and right. or all the other bookstores in the world, and, and have the rinse and repeat. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. No, you know, I mean, I, that's the, the shelf talker for it. All it's going to say is, want to get haunted. That's all I'm going to put on it. I'm not going to put any more information. Just want to yeah. get haunted. And people See, will buy it.
1: I think you're spoiling me now because you you you're. It, it's like you, you give a fella hope for what is possible, and uh, you know,
0: you, you know. You, I, then, just because we're horror people doesn't mean that we can, you know, uh, not not be hopeful and. and yeah,
1: I, well, I am nothing if not hopeful. Um, but it is it is interesting. No, but I'm it.
0: confident. I think is. The, <laughs> I am confident in the number of those that I can sell. I mean I think I put in an order for 20 of them to, to okay. be my initial order because I'm gonna make a table.
1: Wow. All right, I'll come to you. I'm going on record.'ll <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll, be, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> I mean I mean if you want to make that happen. we can make that happen that we is, have uh, it. we have it on this we have it
1: documented. Yeah,
0: you it's you want to make head that head 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 happen? Head. You want to do an event in September? I am a hundred and thousand <laughs> percent on board for it. Um, that would be so much fun because uh, I'm actually well. Uh, after we record this, and I just got the official or what I'm planning to be the official logo for the channel today. Oh, nice! Uh, my artist got back to, or got back to me. I commissioned a guy who does pre-made horror book covers. Oh yeah, and because like what? Bigger... Uh, it's um on Twitter. Let me look him up here.
1: If I'm not allowed to ask, I won't. No, ask. no,
0: you you were definitely okay. allowed to ask. Uh, yeah, he's A, A. Medina um, at Ugly by Proxy on Twitter. Yeah, um, and does pre made book covers. Um, and oh, I really man. like his work. And then I had the I, I had the idea, and I was like what better logo for a horror book podcast than a horror book cover? <laughs> um, I'm going to book, I'm going to commission him. Um, and, and they came up with something really cool for me. So I got that today. I've got the music settled, all of that game to play, um, which is, is just really exciting. And and then, you know, this morning, unfortunately, Eric uh, LaRocca, who was scheduled, and I know a lot, maybe a lot of people are still listening and being like, I thought Eric LaRocca was the first guest. Unfortunately, <laughs> something came up. Eric's had a reschedule. Um we we'll, we'll I definitely I have Eric on soon. Eric. I don't I'm I'm still waiting for Eric to pop up. So uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where is Eric?
1: Where where did Eric go?
0: Yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely I'm I'm looking forward to that because oh my god, have you read um We Can Ever Leave This Place? His is uh, that comes out in June?
1: No, no, oh, I have
0: It's so good. Yeah. Uh he sent because that's what he wanted to talk about, so he had sent me a copy. Uh, for me to read, and oh man, like it, it yeah. the the mind movie, like I talked about earlier, uh, that played in my head while I read it was Coraline, James and the Giant Peach, and Pan's Labyrinth, like wow. a hellish That's... amalgamation of those three. <laughs> um, That's
1: pretty,
0: good. yeah. No, it was it was a, it was a great little read. It's like 104 pages, you know, so something you can just breeze through and leave. Like, I had joked that my, uh, I wanted to have my first question be like, and I, I mean this in the, the fondest way, what's wrong with you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, he's, Eric, he really tapped into something
0: this last year. He really did, man.
1: It's it's kind of astounding to see.
0: Like he, I mean, he I He remember. went viral on TikTok, and I, let me tell you, as a bookseller, uh, boots on the ground, TikTok is a make or break thing for books right now. Like there's Um, books that I've never even heard of that all of a sudden we're selling dozens and dozens of copies. So I,
1: I have always been kind of surprised at the book talk end tables, um, that have kind of materialized. A lot
0: of it's really spicy because that's popular right now. So there's a lot of smut out there. Um, and Hey, more power to you. I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. Uh, But it is popular. <laughs> like I I could make a whole big table that's nothing but the smut and yeah. still have more to have a completely fully stocked section. Like it's a lot.
1: That's impressive.
0: But I mean, hey, you know, like anyway. And there's I'm I'm seeing a lot more um in indie horror of people doing more in like the the queer horror erotica and, and really yeah. leaning into that and yeah, that's something I think is very interesting. Is how horror is getting more and more queer, and I think that is lovely. <laughs> it just opens the door for so many different stories that we wouldn't have gotten uh, ten years ago, twenty years ago.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned TikTok, mm-hmm. and that is a uh, an area I'm kind of not as well versed in
0: me neither. I've got one. I have no idea how it works. Yeah.
1: But on, on something like say Twitter, Mm -hmm. like I, I I am intensely aware, hyper aware of the communities that are burgeoning, developing, like carving their own kind of niche. And it, it, it's astounding because it's like, it, it, it does feel like, I mean, you see the community. You see the kind of like the the, the kind of the the these people, like the the authors, the, the the readers. Like it's, I mean, the give and take, the conversations. Like it's, I don't know. There's no kind of grander point here, and I'm I'm mealy mouthing myself, but like I I find it very striking how social media has created those like spaces for these communities to really thrive and flourish. And, um, you know, I, 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 you know, sometimes it's kind of like, Oh my God, like, like where, you know, is, is this all one community? Like, is this community aware of that community? Like, (laughs) right. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it adds a certain kind of pressure of like, Oh my God, I, I, I need to be on Twitter right now because I, am I, engaging in the conversation or whatever whatever the discourse is today or this week and um yeah it it, it's it's both awe-inspiring and a little intimidating to be honest but uh um yeah yeah
0: yeah i mean i mean i'm i've had a twitter for ages and ages but i really only started using it this year um Mm -hmm. because i just kind of Getting to the point like you know I've been like I said I've been doing the twitch streaming for a couple of years now and I have fun with that and I still do it um but it wasn't scratching that content creator itch anymore yeah and and I was like I love horror books I love selling people horror books that's what I'm passionate about anyone shops in that horror section I'm sidling up and being like you looking for anything in particular like <laughs> I I want to sell them stuff and talk about it and I was like why don't I just do that? Why don't I just talk about horror books? And that was my original concept. I was going to do like book BookTuber kind of thing and do like 20 minutes and whatever and talk about books. And then all of a sudden I was like, let me ask a couple of authors if maybe they want to, you know, come on and talk about their book. And then like four of you said yes. And I was like, wait, what? I, right? I, I don't know what to do now. Uh, but that's
1: the thing. I mean, like,
0: you know, I'm not a Paul
1: Tremblay or a Stephen Graham Jones or,
0: uh... Yeah, no, I've, <laughs> I, I... I've got one person where um, that they're not booked yet, but I actually do have, to, they have, like, an agent um, yeah. that I have to, like, go through, and it's like, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, uh, that maybe is, <laughs> might be a little above my pay grade right now, but uh, we'll see.
1: But, I mean, like, what I what I wanted to say is that, like, you know, I think even Paul Tremblay and even Stephen Graham Jones and Alma Katsu like like everybody everybody's pretty much at home right now and they just want to talk about their <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like i i think podcasting has you know we were kind of initially talking about this before we started but like i do feel like podcasts have provided a platform a foundation for kind of conversation mm-hmm. uh, that I mean, I mean, I remember pre-podcast, like you would maybe have a radio show interview every so often.
0: Right. You know,
1: maybe you would email your questions into the the local weekly newspaper. This, this feels very, it's loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's conversational. It, I don't know if there are any pearls of wisdom in here or anything even encroaching upon something remotely compelling <laughs> but like you you just get the sense that like it i i want to say it i think it levels the playing field because it just it, it, it exposes us for just the like the like that you're
0: just you're just people just just yeah. like everybody else yeah, yeah. now the uh, people that i that i personally admire yes absolutely but people all the same yeah. um and i and like that i mean then i appreciate Stephen you saying graham that on the show. i'm sorry what was that now
1: you need paul tremblay and al makatsu <laughs> and Stephen graham jones on the show that's hey. the that's the you know you call them up you email them you twitter them you just be like hey I have it on good authority that you're just a person like me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Stephen Graham Jones, man, what a get that would be. Yeah. I'd be super, super into that. I love uh, Only Good Indians and yeah. uh, My Heart is a Chainsaw and Don't Fear the Reaper.
1: I mean, no doubt the Only Good Indian was i i mean that was probably one of my favorite books of the year
0: it was so good that's a book that sticks with you it really does yeah i mean the the imagery like each each segment of that book really still sticks in my brain like when i go to look back at it which isn't the case for a lot of books you know you you start losing details and and chunks of it but with that one like every major beat, i I still remember he did a and i really liked the i think i've described it almost as almost like a stream of consciousness style where like all these characters are so mentally broke that it's just, I don't know. Finding the cadence I think was my biggest problem. Cause I would like, when I first started reading it, I'd read a paragraph and I'd be like, what? And then I would read it again. And then once I found the the cadence of the voice, I was like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. And yeah. was, was and on through and loved it from there. Yeah.
1: I was just so astounded by that book. I remember getting to the fan, the ceiling fan. Yes. And just being like, what the hell is this book? I was like, I, it like, it confounded me in this way where like, it just didn't like, it didn't like whatever the prescribed notions of like genre it was it was just bucking up against these, <laughs> no pun intended, yeah. where like it, it it like it it just astounded me how I wanted to believe the book would be one thing, and then it just wasn't. It just yeah. was its own thing, and like I had read a lot, I, I I'd read a decent amount of Stephen Graham Jones before. I've read a a decentish amount since. Um, but only good Indians. Like it just, yeah.
0: It's a special book. It really is. It really is. It, it's um, it's something that I sell a lot of it. Um, I've got it on a table right now with uh, my heart as a chainsaw. Uh, but that's coming down now that I have the logo and it's being replaced with uh the remaking and Whisper Down the Lane and the um, logo for the podcast in your face saying, "Listen to my conversation with Clay McLeod Chapman." <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts
1: and that my friends is the first, the only and the last time you'll ever hear that I have unseated
0: Stephen Graham Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no that's not true Ghost Eaters is going to be an international hit because everyone's going to be haunted See, and they won't have a choice see there's that hope again yeah Oh, it's going to happen no, I will. I will personally no, make yeah. sure <laughs> that we sell just books. Okay. Well,
1: here's the thing. I'm not. Huh, I you know it, it, it's like you want. Of course, you want success. Of course, you want to be a bestseller and do all mm-hmm. the things that like successful books do. You want. Right. You want to go the distance. But like, ah, oh, you know, I you know having never been that caliber of author uh it's hard not to <laughs> it's hard not to like uh, uh want it for one thing of course but also to be like it's just not i just don't i just don't believe it like i just don't believe it like i can hope for it i can pray for it
0: right right like you know
1: like like it i just don't
0: wish in one hand you know that 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 type of mantra. Oh, I get it, but I, I I truly do believe that you you have written a uh, a very special book that I think people are really really gonna enjoy. We're not gonna uh,
1: have anything left to talk about in September if we keep talking about ghosts. No, we have not talked a
0: single bit of plot of that book yet, <laughs> 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 and that's that's where I've got. Every question in the world uh, is is all the, the plotting of that book. I have so many questions. Um, I did write down a couple more things about the remaking. Yeah. Uh, let's see what I wrote down. <laughs> um, okay, I talked about like, the, the repeat every 20 years. Um, mostly every 20 years. There's there's uh, one of them's, what, 24 years? 1971 to 1995?
1: I think I cheated one year. Yeah. Maybe.
0: I had to beat Scream. Oh, right. You had to beat Scream. Yeah, yeah. Well, I liked that dialogue, too. I, I, I even have right here, meta slash scream um, that, you know, you were leaning into. That's what they were going to uh, lean into. So the, the Terrano brothers, I assume that's uh, <laughs> that's the that's the wine stains. Yeah. Um,
1: wait. OK, so I'm going to get this wrong. I think it it wasn't the Weinsteins, though it it could be kind of burning era Weinsteins. But like there were uh I'm so bad with this. There like I believe like there were porn produced like the whole the mafia was right. fancy in porn films, and uh horror was just a kind of easy get and the Terreno brothers were definitely based on, I think they may have been based upon the, uh, the financiers producers for uh, let's scare Jessica to death. Uh,
0: Okay. Well, yeah. That loops back to what you're talking about Mm -hmm. is the original inspo. So that's very much like how Sergio treated or treated the, the paperback or the VHS copy that he had of don't tread on Jessica's grave. Yeah, um, that that so you you kind of looped that, that initial st- your real life story into yeah. that.
1: Well, I mean, I was, I honestly was that kid. Like I, that that whole section about going into the the video store, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I still to this day have vivid vivid memories of entering into the horror section of the local video store a pre-dvd i'm gonna age myself and just, oh hey
0: i'm like I'm, I'm almost 40 over here man i'm we're, 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 we're not too far off there
1: yeah i i i mean i remember like that the feeling of entering into a fraught space like that corridor with all of those covers Evil Dead Two, uh, I mean Eyes on Fire, um, uh, Deadly Spawn, um, The Dead Pit, like you know, like like covers that you know, regardless of the quality or content of the movies themselves, like the covers were just so they yeah. were the movie, they were the story, like that was the the horror because you would have that image singed into your brain into your mind your psyche and then you would go home and whatever whatever if you never watched the movie you mm-hmm. would have the image yep. of that cover in your 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 memory and you would make up your own movie yeah. and i did that for years before i was even old enough or brave enough to rent any of those films and then you ran them, and you're kind of like, "Oh, my horror movie in my mind was better."
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know,
1: but but like,
0: I mean, so then yeah, so then you literally started writing your own.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but God, I troll. Oh my God, do you remember the? Yes. Uh, you know, troll. Whatever. Never. It it is what it is. But the the VHS cover is a troll holding a ball. And it like the tagline is come closer and you're just saying to yourself, it's, it's talking to me, (laughs) it's asking me to come, you know, engage with it. And like that, that messed with me. Oh my God. Like I, I, Oh, I love that cover for troll. And then you watch the movie and you're like, this movie is awful. Yeah,
0: Not great. Not great. It's I'm no shopping, shopping mall.
1: Shopping mall. The the bag, like the, the cover is like a shopping bag that's soaked with blood at the bottom. It's ripped. You see like, I think it's like you see an eyeball or you mm-hmm. see like body parts in the bag. And then you see a kind of dismembered robotic hand carrying the bag. By the way, none of that <laughs> has anything to do no. with the movie itself. No, But-
0: but that's no. a classic. <laughs> I love me some shopping mall.
1: <laughs> but the, I that like I I almost could tell you the name of the the store the 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 day like you know like just the cover art itself like it just you know I, I maybe Evil Dead Two is the only hmm. is one of the only uh, films that either matched or surpassed the cover art hey that's that sam uh,
0: raimi magic man it's uh it's beautiful it's beautiful no no nobody out there well i mean i guess raimi's still out there doing it he's doing dr strange but you know i uh that'll probably be good
1: i mean it's it's funny i was actually having this this kind of thought earlier today to myself uh, where like I was thinking about Doctor Strange two, mm-hmm. and how that's directed by Sam Raimi, and how he's responsible for all these tentpole major action comic book films these days, and uh, and I just you know he gets this all the time. I am positive. I mean, there's just no doubt. There's like we all know this. This is obvious. But like as a fan of Evil Dead and Evil Dead two. That movie was so life-changing for me. It 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 enhanced and made me understand the world in a creative way that like like there was my life before watching Evil Dead 2 <laughs> and my life after. And like I am a fan of that film. And Sam Raimi has no idea no friggin' clue who I am who, you know, right. What his movie means to me. And, you know, it was a movie that he made with his friends for very little money back in the day when they were all kids. Um, and like, you know, we all, I I feel like his story and and the the story and the impact of evil dead is a very well-tread story at this point. But, uh, you know, you multiply me by whatever infinite number of other fans, and we're all having this personal, Mm -hmm. like we're having this experience, this intimate experience with his movie. And he doesn't know, he doesn't know who we are and he'll never know. And that's, that's 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 okay, that's the bargain, that's the part of it. It's like, he put something out there, it made an impact it was extremely uh, successful. I don't know why I want to use that word, but like it was, it, it, it it left a mark on, on its audience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now he's making these Spider-Man movies and he's making these Dr. Strange movies and these Oz movies and these, these other movies. And, you know, I, you know, I don't have any greater point than to say that, like, you know, it 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 is astounding how the movie he made when when making a movie was was purely like just straight up like the desire, um, the need to tell those stories with his friends, and they 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 like it 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 it, it exploded my life. And, you know, I'm sure if Sam Raimi was walking down the street and I just so happened to pass him, I'd be like, oh, my God, Mr. Raimi, <laughs> right. your your movie meant so much to me. And he'd be like, that's great to hear. Thank you. Like, I'm, I would hope that he'd be appreciative. And he'd be like, right. thank you. Like, and, and now at least,
0: at least polite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But uh, he has to get that.
0: Oh sure, yeah.
1: day of his life, and uh, you know maybe that's where I was trying to go with the remaking, where it's that idea of like these movies are so important to us, and they're so valuable to us because I do think horror fans are very sentimental.
0: Oh yeah, ones. absolutely. Like, you yeah, know, you- I mean to the to the point of being like I mean resistant to change in a lot of areas. Um, yeah. which, which isn't you know I, I I get some like line in the sand stuff, but I, it, some of it it's just like guys, come on, they're they're remaking the movie, it's fine. Like
1: yeah, I I I I yell, I want to cry foul, I want to cry foul at remaking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I want to cry foul at remaking Friday the Thirteenth, Amityville Horror. Like I I I feel like I you know these these movies. It's not even so much that they're perfect. I mean, I, I will say I do believe that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is perfect. Yes. Um, but you know, like when you realize that it is the the, the truly heartbreaking notion to me when it comes to remakes. Uh, the is is when the next generation, <laughs> yeah. you know, they'll be like, "I want to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre," and they'll and now it's
0: like which one? There's five of yeah. them.
1: Or they they won't they won't know it's 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 like the thing of sampling where it's like right. people now are just not aware of the pre-existing song or the pre-existing movie. And uh you know anyone who kind of experiences that first will probably say, well, it doesn't matter. Um but like I I I always I always find it kind of surprising how like you think of those films and the experience that I had with them. Again, it's like it's like the fan, like the fandom is like this is about I was this age. Right. I was in this environment. Like you you always remember the, the room, whose house you were in, mm-hmm. whose basement it was, like what group of friends you watched it with. Okay. Like, so with that though, what did what did you think of the Evil Dead remake? Um, I, 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 I wish it wasn't there.
0: (laughs) I mean, I, I, it was, it was fine. It was, I'm, 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 I'm I'm in a very similar boat on that one. I enjoyed it as a horror movie, but also like it didn't really need to exist. Like it was well done, but I had already seen that movie twice before. (laughs) Yeah. and then, and, and then, Army of Darkness, which come on, like it's ridiculous, and I love it, yeah, I mean I,
1: you know, I don't need to I don't want to be the purist who kind of like defends the original and says that
0: like i i i since we're literally talking about your book where they remake a movie,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this is the thing like it's like I wanted to what the whole point behind the remaking and this is this is maybe i don't know i don't know what this is but like when i when i started thinking about the idea of the book it all started with the ring um okay and, and it was this idea of like i remember watching the original ringu which i guess was like 1999 maybe Somewhere around, that, maybe 2001.
0: Sounds right. Because 2003, I think, was The Ring.
1: Yeah. So when that came out, and I, you would find it on DVD, it would be like that kind of like it got some screenings in the States, but then like it, it kind of be, it, Tart, Tartan Video did the DVD release of it. And like it was, I mean, it was awe inspiring. And then, like, you know, the, before the J-horror wave hit, you know, with the remake of The Ring, I remember watching it and saying to myself, oh, wow, how crazy... Like, like, I actually... I really dug and appreciated Gore Verbinski's remake. Like, I I thought The Ring was a
0: great film. It's a great movie. It's a, it's a great, great movie. horror movie. Like, it, movie. That, that's one of the ones at least the modern horror, one of the ones that really sticks out to me is being like, I genuinely felt frightened yeah. when I was watching it.
1: But, but I, as I was watching it, I just had this moment where I was like, oh man, if, you know, if I was Sadako <laughs> and I found out that this, this group of Americans took my story and, essentially kind of whitewashed it or, or took, took me out like of it and, and, and kind of, you know, the story crosses over the ocean Mm -hmm. and becomes an Americanized version of, of that story. It, it totally strips away the, the notion of death in Japanese culture. And I, and I, and the, and the things that I think kind of like, you know, whether you're aware of them or not kind of enhance the kind of experience of watching Ringu, the original, mm-hmm. um, you know, luckily, fortunately the ring stood on its own and, and like held its own and it didn't need, like it, it it kind of cleaved itself or separated itself from the, uh, the original film, but I couldn't help but get over the fact that like the, the culture was gone right like completely taken out the the cultural context of that story and it worked because it's a powerful story the idea behind the ring is amazing and crosses cultures and crosses countries and doesn't need it doesn't need the um
0: the point of origin i don't think right
1: um, but I still couldn't get over this idea that, like, if I was Sonica, I'd be pretty pissed right now. Yeah, no, would-
0: I mean, I, I had I had never kind of looked at it from that perspective before, but you're right. That's a, that's a, I, I can see how that inspired the remaking of, yeah. of Jessica and, yeah. and Ella Louise being like, what the hell is this? Yeah. This isn't how we do this. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, re- I really liked the the repeating nature of it and how. You know the the woman playing Ella Louise and don't Tread on Jessica was sleeping with the director and then Amber sleeping with the director on we I you know we know which dead on Jessica's grave like there was just like your you're Aaron monologue dialogue, there was repeating patterns throughout, which again for a book titled the Remaking thematically I think is is very very smart that you just because every time it happened every time the repeat would happen, I would be like oh, okay I'm, I'm I'm getting it. I'm seeing what's going on."
1: Um, Looking into a mirror, like just the reflections of story, because you know, yeah. At least with the the seventies and the nineties section, like I wanted those two sections to really parallel
0: one yeah. another. I mean, I I loved like child turned dirt adult star, you know, drug adult. Like I I, <laughs> I, I I that was just a very uh, realistic, unfortunately character especially for that time period yeah um poor amber man amber had a she never had a chance
1: yeah
0: uh her poor mom forced her to do all these auditions to live vicariously through her she ended up being cast as jessica becomes cursed because of it and then has to live out the rest of her life uh defending jessica's story like that's a that's a cursed character um yeah but it's it's also a very uh entertaining to read uh and then i don't know if it would be a very entertaining life to actually live but uh
1: yeah um
0: it makes for a compelling character especially seeing her you know as a kid and then in her i mean what is she in the 90s she's uh like 20s 30s yeah she like yeah in that late 20s early 30s she, she's yeah. not quite aged out yet yeah. Um. But then you know, meeting her there at the end in 2016, and she's essentially turned into a character of her mother. Uh, yeah. You know, living in, in the rundown uh, Pilots Creek.
1: It's w- how did I do it? The in the '70s section, her character was modeled after um, Millie Millie Shapiro,
0: hmm.
1: um, who was the actress from
0: *Hereditary*. Oh, oh. I Oh, okay, cool. That's I have, that's new imagery for the brain. I had the real
1: I mean, it's not modeled. It, it's interesting. I met I was very lucky to have met her. Oh, that's we cool. had a we had a conversation about right after Hereditary came out and the kind of impact on that in her
0: career. I mean, um, I imagine holy hell. That that movie is is something else. It's
1: amazing. Oh, God, I love that movie. Oh, um, I mean,
0: it's... it's The first time I watched it, I watched it by myself just at home on a whim. Uh, I had no idea what it was about. I had just seen people talking about it online, and I was like, oh, I enjoy I'll watch this. And then it ended, and I was just like...
1: That that movie, that was... Oh, my God. It'll what do I- it, man. Oof. Uh, but um, <laughs> Millie, Millie had kind of said that, like, she, you know at that point after Hereditary had come out, um, she couldn't walk down the street without hearing somebody make that sound that she made in the film, the the like, mm-hmm. and like she would always hear it and it became this kind of tick mm. where like she didn't do it, but other people around her would do it like just to, maybe not to mess with her, but but to kind of like acknowledge right. her. And, and I just thought of that, how like, you know, when you're a child, when you're younger and, and Millie's not as young as, as the character of Amber, but like when you are, when your identity is baked into a character or a role that other people cannot separate you from, Yeah, you become that, that character. And, uh, I found that really tragic. Yes, I, I found that really kind of heartbreaking. Um, and then... In terms of the nineties and then the early like the the two thousands or whatever um, i uh I thought of um oh my God, why am I blanking on the name the Exorcist, why am I blanking on the uh, Linda blair? Linda Blair, of course, good lord uh but like but post like post career Linda Blair, yeah, and how like you know she i i do believe that she has had a very fraught relationship with her fans and and the the kind of impact of her role as reagan in in the exorcist yeah
0: yeah i mean um, I, I i i can't see any way that that's incorrect just i mean the nature of the the film and the performance the the provocative edge that it had especially for the time um it's definitely going to some inspire some yeah. Unsavory.
1: And that she couldn't get cast in anything other yeah. than horror films. That's what people wanted to see her as. And um
0: Yeah, I mean and, then, and, then, and then that's interesting because typecasting in film, you know, there's there's people that can do genre movies and, and do characters and avoid being typecast. Uh but then you know, you got guys like Doug Jones who just lives under prosthetics. Yeah. Um and occasionally gets a role where he gets to show his face, but he got known in Hollywood as the guy that can sit for 20 hours and get makeup on him. And now he's the guy that sits and gets makeup on him for 20 hours. Like, you know, sometimes you get pigeonholed into those roles. Um, But for child stars, especially, I mean, you know, I always love to see a a success case, you know, a, a child star that that's grown up and, and not had a lot of issues Um, Especially, you know, I mean, I don't know what she's doing now, but I know that like uh, Davy Chase, who played Samara in the ring, uh, you know, she did like Lilo and Stitch and um, Mm. she was in Donnie Darko and stuff like that. But that's all ages ago. I don't know what she's getting into now.
1: Wasn't she in S Darko? Didn't she do the sequel
0: to Donnie Darko? I don't know if she was in that or not. I had honestly (laughs) forgotten that existed until you brought it up. Um, I watched that one time yeah. and I don't remember much about it. I've watched Donnie Darko too many times because that came out like right when I was in my, I'm going to be a cool indie filmmaker and <laughs> I like horror. I like Donnie Darko is my identity. Uh It's a great movie. It was that, that time period. Yeah. I did, I didn't care for the director's cut.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, the theatrical it's... cut had the the, the, the uh, open ended you know you can kind of make of it what you want to make of it where the director Scott was just like bonk 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 this is what happened I, I I'm That's not a, I don't like to
1: that have an editor uh, uh, someone outside of yourself kind of reining you in
0: yeah I, I didn't need uh did need my handheld I I much <laughs> preferred to go on that journey by myself um I want to check and see if there's anything else that I wrote down. Because we've I've had you I've had you for an hour and a half and I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh I'm still waiting for Eric. Has yeah, Eric shown up? Where's where's <laughs> Eric?
1: I'm just basically stalling for Eric. I'm the <laughs> Eric Norma for, for for this.
0: Um so in terms of the final segment of the book and, and presumably the podcast for today, um, so the <laughs> Who Goes There podcast, uh, by yeah. Nate Nate Dennison who is a black man, uh, and doing these, uh, events, or covering, uh, Jessica's story and, and then and the movies and the remakes in a very hostile environment for him. Um, I, I, I really liked that, um, you know, that's, as someone who lives in southern Kentucky, unfortunately, it's something that people have to deal with all too often, um, but i really liked going like you know you got the the narrator at the beginning who's you know the, the man telling the original story but then we get the you know young female narrator we get the the older female narrator and then we get the the you know black man narrator i liked how all the different perspectives cutting through um yeah. really it, it, i think it also helps me remember stuff in the novel better because i can think about it in each particular segment yeah um but I really liked his character. I liked his, um, he was very brash, um, <laughs> where he was just like, I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. I'm the one that's gonna prove once and for all that this is or isn't. Like, I loved yeah. his confidence, yeah, um, which got him in trouble because <laughs> yeah. he, he was just swaggering in there, just like, yeah, yeah I'm I have a podcast, and everyone's like, what's well, a podcast? Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I really liked, um, just how differently he played from the, like, protagonist narrators that we had been with. Because yeah. um, it's almost to the point where, I mean, when I think about it, like, young Amber and 20-something Amber and, and adult, uh, you know, middle-aged Amber, those are, like, three separate characters. Yeah. Uh, as you view each segment. Like, they so much has happened to them and they're so traumatized. That, like, each time you meet them, it's just, like, a brand new version of them. Because yeah. all of that trauma has calcified and 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 transformed them into something new.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's,
0: uh... I don't know where like, I was going with that, but I'm really proud of the uh, calcified. I thought yeah. that was well done. No,
1: it, I mean... I appreciate... I'm relieved to hear that you, you like the Nate character. Um, yeah. He... It's funny because a lot of what the book is about, another one of the thoughts that I wanted to talk about in the book and not, not necessarily in part part four, but in the book in general is this idea of appropriation and asking the question, who, who has the right to tell your story? Like, does someone else have the right to tell a story that doesn't belong to them? And, you know, the very conceit of these two women, these ghosts who are, you know, unfortunately, you know, suffered, you know, a terrible fate. And then their story kind of spins out away from them and they, they no longer can claim ownership over their story. So the, the kind of haunting of this book is, is really the story itself and, you know, Nate's character you know and, and i and i feel like this might be kind of a you know i think of like podcasts early podcasts post serial right where like everybody was doing a
0: podcast
1: and it was like i'm gonna i'm gonna like get to the bottom of this you know unsolved-, this unsolved
0: case i'm gonna be the one yeah yeah There there was a lot of that back then
1: yeah and it came with a lot of hubris and it came with a lot of like And and I mean, it's not just podcasts. It's frankly like, it's all the ghost hunter shows and all of the like, you know, there is, there is a culture right now where it's like, I have a camera, I have a tape recorder, I have ambitions to do this thing and I'm going to just thrust myself into the, the lion's maw Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know. I I for some reason, just by sheer dirt, like design of having this device, I will be protected. And I and like I think it's like the Blair Witch notion. <laughs> you know, like we're we are in a, a worldview now where it's like we we wanna believe the camera protects us from what's on the other side. Right. <laughs> like like what's the subject? And uh with with the remaking you know a lot of the the haunting is about people choosing to tell us sto- or being like inspired or 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 having designs on telling that story that is not their story it's not their story to right. tell and like you know even to, even to go further with it frankly uh i like I don't think I have the right to tell that story, to tell this the the story of the remaking. Like the remake, like the 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 genesis, one of the genesis of it was a true event that like, you know, purportedly yeah. happened in Kentucky. Um where like, you know, there's what was it, Pilot's Knob, Kentucky. And uh, you know, two like a mother and a daughter were burned at the stake because the people the members of their community believed that they were witches Mm -hmm. and purportedly mother's body was disposed of in the woods and buried in an unmarked grave but for whatever reason the men who did this were extremely extremely like fearful of this young girl coming back from the grave and haunting them and cursing them for what, what they had done to her and her mother. So they actually, I mean, like this is a very Googleable thing right now where like, if you, you know, if you Google the little witch girl of pilots, knob Kentucky, you will find the story where these men buried this little girl who they burned at the stake in, in a steel reinforced coffin under six feet of concrete, bed of gravel, and wrapped her grave in a, a ring of crucifixes on consecrated ground, all in order to protect themselves from right. the, the 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 potential, you know, haunting of of this little girl. And then the 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 urban legend spins out from that, which is to say. If you, you know, don't go. If if you go to the the cemetery where the Little Witch Girl of Pilots Knob is buried, you can, you know, if you see a little girl kind of wandering her grave at midnight, don't take her hand because she'll drag you under underground. And there are there are like YouTube videos of people with like their camera phones going to this this grave, and they're like that like they're they're like little mini blair witches like they're, yeah. they're like and and I when I read that story when I saw those videos I couldn't help but say to myself my god like you know if this story is true and I I believe it's true in terms of like the 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 women themselves right maybe not the urban legend but you know that like this this is something that like has spiraled out years after the fact, like maybe close to a century now. And if you think about it, like those, those poor women, like they can't get a break. Like they can't like, you know, like I'm talking about them now I'm mouthing right. off about this thing now. And, and like, they're so rolling... now
0: th- this is, this is haunted now.
1: Yeah. Basically, like you're carrying the curse.
0: Like, thank you. Like, I'm awesome. I'm I'm, awesome. I'm gonna go die now. (laughs) Please no. (laughs) I need to read. I need to read your rom com. Oh god. Um. Yeah, I feel like
1: you know, with the remaking, like I just wanted to ask the question, like, because we're 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 now in a place where like asking that question, like, do I have the right? Mm To tell this story, and you know, I think the rule of thumb is is like if you have to ask the question, you probably shouldn't. Yeah. But yeah, male bravado, cis white male bravado, like like you know whatever it is, podcaster bravado, <laughs> like it's like I'm going to tell the story, and I'm gonna, I'm safe, I'm protected right. because I have this device that is going to shield me, like it's going to distance me. Right from the subject matter, and uh, that never works.
0: No, <laughs> no, no. And I'm and, you know, kind of for me, like you know, this being the first episode of this podcast, um, you know, I've got another podcast I do with buddies, the BPGN podcast, where we just talk like nerd culture and whatnot. Um, usually I have streamer guests and stuff. Um, but even with my Twitch streaming, I've, I've always been not, not protective of who I am, you know, but, you know, you, you try not to put too much information out in the world. Um, so this is actually the, the first time that I'm using my real full name, which is Chance Forshee. So, that like, uh, th- this is me. I'm a bookseller. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I want to be my real self because I'm, I'm having the honor of having authors being their real selves with me. Um, I'm not hiding behind a moniker or, a uh, Nickname or well, moniker, the curator. Uh, but that 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 can came by organically, right? Like the like little books up in Toronto. Shout out to them; they're amazing. Yeah.
1: Oh my
0: god! Little ghost books in Toronto.
1: How do we go? I don't how, know. How far? is I know.
0: It? I desperately want to though. Every time they post pictures, I'm just like, ah, oh, jealous. Mm-hmm. Like, and they can get stuff that I can't get, and I'm jealous about that. How do they get stuff that you can't get? I don't know. I don't know how they're getting stuff I can't get. But there's stuff like I see that they've got like the Book of Queer Saints and uh, Convulsive and and stuff like that that's been published recently. And that's that's not stuff that's available for me to order. And I'm super bummed because I would love to carry that kind of stuff in my store. I did bring in some Haley Piper, though. Uh, Laurel Hightower. I just brought in some more Max Booth. Yeah. Haley's amazing. on the man i'm excited to have her in the store um clay is there anything else that you want to say about the remaking before we close out um
1: i like that book (laughs) me too. i i hope i don't know like
0: also this cover you guys that is gorgeous like the with the the film like in the in the snake, the Ouroboros, like and how it's the both films, like ah, I love that gorgeous cover. cover, gorgeous cover. Yeah,
1: I I'm I'm bummed that the paperback doesn't
0: have that cover. Yeah, the, the paperback paper. cover is is not my favorite, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean it it doesn't even it doesn't so, even look like Jessica's grave in the way yeah. that you described it.
1: You know, but in true you know dvd cover art fashion
0: it does look Um, like a bad dvd cover okay i'll give you that that's true
1: i i don't know if that was the intent or not (laughs)
0: like like, even the way the blurbs are written on it is like dvd style
1: yeah yeah it's it's it maybe he was a little too close (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i i will always stand by the hardback cover oh right? yeah as like, soon as
0: i saw what the hard co- like the hardcover of it looked like i was like oh okay, yeah i'll be having one of those um, yeah
1: i think all, the entire- i mean
0: also like and we'll do whisper you know as, as a separate thing but i love this hardcover of whisper like that come on man
1: i mean that's, that's the gorgeous thing. Like, what- Quirk really they think these things through. Like they And, do the and how the
0: interior thing. looks like uh like kids writing paper. Like, totally. I mean that's that's some that's some good stuff, man. That's yeah. I was very yeah. excited when this hardcover came in and I saw that on the inside. So oh, your author photo is very intimidating. I'm a I'm a pussy I'm a pussy gatos. You're very, you're very stern in your author photo. Yeah. I, uh. Which, after the last, <laughs> the last bit of talking to you, I can, I can safely say that you are a sweetheart, so.
1: Oh, I'm a pussycat.
0: Yeah. Pussycat. <laughs> you, you write some really weird messed up stuff, but you're a very nice person, uh, which I feel like that's kind of just with the horror community in a nutshell, um, I don't know too many of them, uh, that I've come across that are not good people. I think they're, I, I think
1: from the people that I have met, you know, of course the la- last two years, like everything has just been in a vacuum, right? Like <laughs> yeah. we all just want to be human beings again. Like, I think we just want to be people and I, I, yeah, I think we need to get over our, I need to get over my social anxieties and just get out and, uh, Man, I'm
0: telling you. I mean, I'm I'm out in it every day. I mean, I work retail. You know, I'm working at a bookstore forty hours a week. So, but other than work and the grocery, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> I'm I'm just at home. I'm I'm back here in my office, and I'm reading or I'm streaming or I'm, I'm writing or whatever it is that I'm I'm doing at the time. So,
1: nice. Well, I'll come to you. I'm gonna come to the store.
0: Do it. it. Let's do it. Do it. I I am a hundred and ten percent in. You let me know. We will set it up, have a big old event. I'll order so many books. <laughs> we'll <laughs> make it happen.
1: Fun. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. I, I, again, I, I'm not joking. Like, Leo, yeah, if, you're, if you're serious, I'm 100% serious. Like, I, we can absolutely do an author event at the store and make a big old to do about it.
1: I mean, you don't have to twist my arm. <laughs> I, I need to go wherever people want to read this book. Damn it.
0: So hey, I mean, like you know, like I said, if you wanna, whenever you wanna do it, but September for Ghost Eaters uh, on your uh, your publicity tour, uh, the Blitz. Yeah, I would I would absolutely uh, be <laughs> honored to have you at my store. That'd be that'd be incredible. We
1: just have to sell those twenty copies. Rush. That's the, that's the name of the game.
0: Easy. Easy. Easy.
1: Easy. Easy.
0: Easy. 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 Don't even worry about twenty copies. <laughs> oh, Look, man, man. I'm I'm I, I'm ordering Eric's books at like twenty a pop, like because <laughs> they just. But, but the only one I can get right now is you've lost a lot of blood. All the rest of them I can't get.
1: Yeah,
0: but that one sells like hotcakes. So yeah, but that's Eric. You know where is he?
1: Yeah, Is he has he called yet?
0: Is he gonna? I. I... Is he gonna show up? I don't know. I don't know. I think, I, I, think, I think we're just going to have to assume he's not going to make it. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: done. Oh, Eric.
1: Eric, come on, man. <laughs> <Keep this> hanging. <laughs>
0: well, Clay, it has been an absolute pleasure to sit and talk with you today about your book, The Remaking. Uh, we will have you back on, um, I'm hoping, for um, other conversations. Please. Yeah, so we have, we're making, so we've still got two to talk about. We've still got Whisper Down the Lane, which I have lots of thoughts on. Mm. Um, very much enjoyed this. Um, and then, obviously, Ghost Eaters in September. Uh, and, oh, boy, that's going to be a doozy of an episode. I am so excited. Um,
1: well, I'll talk to you soon, then.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll reach out. We'll get you put together. Um, I mean, <laughs> I still technically have you on the books for, think, like, uh, two weeks from today to do uh, whisper. So, um, are we going to do that? I, I'm, I'm super down for it.
1: <laughs> all right, let's do it.
0: All right. I'm, I'm super. Um, down. all right. Um, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. This was, I was so nervous going into this. Wow. Like I was, I was seriously like, okay, okay. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And then within five minutes of us talking, I was like, okay, no, I'm good. I'm hundred percent good we can we can do this